Thanks for joining us for Season 7 of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of branded strategic hospitality share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. And thanks for that introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. And together, we are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, food service, technology, innovation, robotics, and capital. Jimmy, you saw what I did there? I see what I did there. I see what I did there. a little tease in there because we got a great show and a great guest. Drop the little Easter egg. Drop the little Easter egg in there. A little nugget there I threw in there. Before we get into it, Jimmy, I got to just talk to you. I was sitting, I was sitting in the office. I was looking outside my window. I was were you pondering? pondering. Were you pondering? I was pondering you again. Pondering I pondered, again. <laughs> and I'm saying to myself, if you have to find a solution to operate your business in hospitality today, where are you going to go find this solution? Where, Jimmy? Where are you going to go? I, I you go into go. the marketplace, Jimmy. The, the marketplace. The branded marketplace. You go to brandedmarketplace.com. Uh-huh. You've got hundreds and hundreds of some of the top solutions to solve some of the most pressing problems in, uh, affecting hospitality operators today. So listen, if you have a great solution, if you have a tech, if you're a supplier, if you have something for the hospitality industry, then go to the marketplace at Branded Strategic. Email me at marketplace at Branded Strategic. We'll get you on in like minutes. Jimmy, I can onboard you in like five minutes. You're on the marketplace. Boom. And if you're looking for a solution, go to thebrandedmarketplace.com and you're going to find everything you need. Jimmy, it's unbelievable. And Jimmy, what do you think it costs to be on the marketplace? What do you think? This, This sounds very expensive. Thousands and thousands of dollars, I bet, even just to onboard. Jimmy, you would think there's no baby formula. Gas is $12 a gallon. You would think inflation is hitting 30 40%. You would think it would be a fortune. But it's zero, Jimmy, because we're giving back to the community, Jimmy. That's wow, what zero. we do. Chats, how do we make money if we're charging zero? Volume, Jimmy. Volume. Just <laughs> make it up in volume. It's unbelievable. Make it up in Jimmy, volume. take it away. we got a great show. All right, all right. And by the way, I've been wearing my uh, my my Chico's Bail Bond shirt because that segment, that self-promotion was sponsored by Chico's Bail Bonds. You don't, you don't even need bail bonds anymore, but that's who sponsors the podcast. Thanks very much. Okay. Let's not Let, go there, Jimmy. Okay, listen. Um, we are very excited for today's episode. Our guest today is our friend, Mr. Buck Jordan, founder and CEO of Wavemaker Labs. We're going to have a really good time. I don't think a day goes by that I don't see something about Buck and Wavemaker in the news. Am I wrong? I got to tell you, man, you, if I got a Google alert, a search on him. It just, it's like, it's blowing it up. my mailbox. It's so. blowing up my, my mail, blowing up my inbox, blowing up my internet. Here we go. Buck, um, I know you're really thinking now, who the hell booked me with these guys? But we are going to have a lot of fun, and we're really <laughs> excited to have you here because you are a, you're a trailblazer, my friend. We'd like you to take the lead. Um, give us a little background about yourself and, of course, your pitch on Wavemaker Labs. No, thanks. Great to be here, guys. You know, more often than not, I'm known as the robot guy. Um, so we make a great team. I'm happy to be here. Um, so Wavemaker Labs is really trying to, um, its mission is to automate the supply chain of food from seed to fork, with the outcome being higher quality food, less cost to the masses. Practically, what that means is that we are taking the highest consumption food categories in the United States and automating them. We believe um, that our, our business will end up uh, kind of in, along two tracks. One, um, you know, supplying the, the you know, existing brands with automation solutions and helping them, you know, kind of modernize and, and, and reinvent themselves. And then two, you know, we are also building a, a suite of um, digitally native uh, brands uh, that we'll be operating. So 
Uh, it's, it's a fun business, about 200 engineers, and thanks for having me. Awesome, Buck. Thanks so much. And before we take a deeper dive, let me tell you, there's a lot more. You make it sound so like, oh, yeah, we're doing this. We're making robots. And there's a lot to get into. And we're going to take a real <laughs> deep dive because you're doing a lot. And I'm not kidding around. I mean, you are really all over the news with your Flippy and your Chippy and the and and and, and, and the Miso Scoopy. and the this and the that. It's all over the place. But you know what? When when we first met, I, mem- I remember uh, in Vegas and um, – you're, you have a very unique uh, story that goes be- beyond this. I mean, let's take a deeper dive. You were a captain and a pilot in the California Army National Guard. I mean, you were flying like crazy jet planes and stuff like that, right? I mean, so, and you didn't just, fi- I mean, this is not your first rodeo. I mean, you found uh, uh, two investment firms before before Miso Robotics and Wavemaker. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, you've done you've done it all. So let's just give me a little background on how you go from pilot, captain, flying crazy, I don't know what you're flying, Harriers, F-18 Hornets, something crazy, B-1 bombers, something exotic, I'm sure, and now you're making robots. Tell us, how? how? Yeah. Buck, this is uh, this is Shatzi's Fraser Crane moment. <laughs> you're on the sofa, Shatz is listening. Right, talk right. To well, us, talk um, to us. I mean, you know, the Army was so much fun, right, but eventually you got you to gotta stop being Peter Pan and grow up, you know? But you know, just just to, had such a blast. I, I flew Blackhawks and Kiowas. Before that, is it, oh, I, I was a tank. I officer. always wanted to fly a Blackhawk. Buck, how do I get to fly one of those? Tell me. Man, you just you just open up your checkbook and probably well, stick with your day job, Shatty. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like, but like, the, my, right, maybe my, I should not do that. <laughs> uh, well, t- take out some life insurance first. But um, my my um my my first exposure to automation was really um when when I was an armor officer. So back in two thousand two. I was going through tank training in, in Fort Knox, Kentucky, and you know, all of a sudden, across across the uh, the radio waves comes everyone freeze. There's autonomous vehicles coming through, and this is 2002. You know, what the hell are autonomous vehicles? And so, you know, what what I found was like four basically, you know, armored personnel carriers, fully unmanned, just like whiz by me at 40 miles an hour. Um, and that was my first kind of exposure to automation. And you know, and I always kind of like like that idea, the idea that robots uh, will be doing things that humans uh, are either too dangerous to do or don't want to do. Um, and so, you know, long story short, that's that that was a germ that kind of. I'm loving the idea. This. I'm loving the idea, Buck. That I'm loving that. Twenty years ago, our army had like self-driving trucks and tanks and stuff. I think that's awesome. Win for the good guys, huh, Jimmy? <laughs> I love it. Listen, I want to. Uh, I love the story. I love the background. I want to now start uh, moving into WaveMaker and what you're doing. Um, it's an incredible story. Um, I'd like to take a minute. Um, and talk about your model. Um, unlike a traditional VC, um, you are essentially a holding company focusing on crowdfunding for your companies. Um, I do think that is very innovative and, and, and on par uh, for, for how you look at businesses and opportunities. I believe- I had that ad- idea 20 years ago, Jimmy. Yep, I, <laughs> I remember when you told it to me, Shats. Uh, by the way, to our listeners, I, I don't remember Facebook that, but... was my idea. Remember yeah. I talked about Facebook? Yep, oh, you were on it. Yep, you, you wanted it to be the Facebook. You guys okay. are killing me. Um, I believe your average check size in your rounds, these crowdfunding rounds, is, is $3,000. This certainly opens up the doors for many people uh, to invest and get involved, almost a democratization of venture investing. Can you share why you went this route and the success you're having? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, first of all, I, I think there's a huge movement that a lot of VCs are not really paying attention to, and, and that is like crowdfunding is becoming a bigger and bigger portion of the overall crowd, you know, overall dollars put into the space. And and I would argue that 
that venture capital as an asset class has never been more popular than it is today. You know, people are all about tech. They read about tech millionaires everywhere and everyone wants, wants to be part of it, not just the 1% who happen to live in New York, LA, or SF. You know, so all of a sudden with crowdfunding, you can, you can essentially like open up this incredible asset class to the world, not just the United States, or just San Francisco. Um, and you can, and you can, you can raise serious dollars. I mean, you know, I mean, Miso Robotics has raised $75 million through the crowd. You know, my, my companies, you know, overall are going to raise probably $150 million this year just through the crowd. Um, and, you know, why do I like it? I like it because, you know, I, I really do like the democratization of it. I like the reliability of it. The fact that you can always get capital out of it. Just, it's just, can you tell the right story? And then, um, uh, you know, mostly I like the control. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think early on in the company, it's, uh, it's better for the founders, which is me in this case, to maintain control of your business uh, before you start letting it go and um, into the hands of VCs. That's awesome, by the way. Uh, how many investors do you have in the, in, in the crowdfund off that, like, what, I mean, $150 million. I mean, 3000 I mean, Jimmy, do the math. I mean, that's like $10 million investors. It's like seven. I knew it was something big. big it's a big number. Big. Listen, let's talk yeah. a little bit. Let's take a little deeper dive. Let's talk about some of the brands that you're incubating, because I think some of these brands are what we've come to. I mean, it's almost like it's like household names now that we're hearing. Paestro, our friend Massimo, who's a guest on the podcast, uh, he'll never return. Uh, Miso Robotics, Mike Bell, guest in the podcast, he'll never come back on. Um, no, all kidding. So we've had Paestro on your brands. Miso Robotics, we, you know, we've had, we talk about. Um, you, you have a partnership with Morimoto, uh, the, the, the NAMI brand, um, which automates bowl making. Uh, Baba, Baba, is it Babacino or Babacino? Babacino. Which automates the 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 Bobachino, which automates the boba drinks. I mean, talk about these brands. How'd you come up with these? Why these? Give us a little background on like why Paista, why the, the you know miso and 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 this kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we're 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 trying to take the biggest problems in in, in the restaurant industry, all, all the problems that your clients and, and and friends complain about, dishwashing. You know, we're we're automating dishwashing. Um, not just making a dishwasher, by the way, but it's more to it than that. You know, we're automating frying. No one likes to fry with, with miso. And then we're also taking, taking out like the, the biggest food categories, you know, pizza, super highly automatable business or product. Um, and you know, widely consumed, you know, so, so we're taking out pizza. Um, and you know, and, and it's in, in terms and, uh, Paestro has like a massive, massive backlog, backlog of, uh, of orders, frankly. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be shipping them next year. Like we're already sold out, you know? So, so for us, um, you know, we're really excited about, um, you know, doing two things, one, building our own brand, but two, really kind of enabling existing brands to scale faster and better. Because I, you know, I, I think that like, um, the pizza chains in the world, really any of the food brands in the world, they don't have any business building robotics, but what, what are their options? You know, their options up until now has been to go to Middleby, well-built, Henny Penny, like the, the existing infrastructure guys, who've been supplying the industry with this nondescript stainless steel stuff in the back of the kitchen. And they do really good work. Um, but, but the future is automated driven by AI computer vision and it, and it's, and it requires a different skill set. And so we're here for the brands to do that, but we also always maintain a, our own brand, um, you know, our own foot in, foot in, the, in, in, the, in the pool. Very excited by all of this. Uh, let's keep talking about innovation and specifically conception. Um, how ideas are formulated. Since you're engaging in a brand uh, from day zero, you have the ability to speak to operators, talk about the, their goals, any, any issues, problems, challenges, et cetera. And Wavemaker will go out and essentially build the company around it. 
um, is it really as simple as talking to like a major quick serve restaurant um, and, and, and telling, you know, them telling you what's the pain point that they would love Wavemaker to solve. If it's a Mexican joint, it could be rolling out burritos. If it's a burger joint, as you said, it could be the fries. Um, and then you go out and begin the R&D to address those pain points. Is that how this is working? Well, I mean, like put, put yourself in their shoes. You know, you're a big brand, you know, big global tier one brand. You're, you, you've, you've got a, you've got a strong marketing, you really know operations, but like, you know, do you know how to build a robot or do you know anything about AI or computer vision? You know, you don't. And, and, and so when, when we come along and, and we've, pro we've easily got the, the largest portfolio and best track record of robotics in food in the world right now. Um, when, when we come along and say like, look, oh, well, shoot, we're, we're, we'll do a quick timing study in the back of house. And, you know, for, for a very low amount of money, we're, we're not trying to make money on this thing. And then we come out with like 12 tasks in the back of house that can be automated. And here's the cost and time to automate each one of those. And we pick one, basically. You know, so idea generation is, is, is we go and pull the ideas out of our partners. And then we make sure those, those partners own a piece of the business, um, you know, so that, so that they're, they're well incentivized and that they're part of the product development process. And then we go, at, go ahead and raise tens of millions of dollars to go finance this very long, expensive, arduous robotic journey that we go on with them. That's awesome. And if I can just say this, you know, like, like, like the, the, the germ of this, um, you know, cause like we, I, I come from a venture background. I, I started a venture fund. Um, and, I thought um, you were a pilot. You know, the, I thought we talked about being a pilot. Wait a minute. Weren't you a pilot? Yeah. Eh, you know, in spare time, oh, he's running venture funds. Don't you were flying helicopters all of a sudden. You're a venture guy now? Never said <laughs> anything about that. All right, keep going. Yeah, I mean, de de deployed about 150 million bucks, um, you know, pretty, pretty broadly, but ended up having a lot of success in, in, in restaurants. But like the two biggest problems in investing is market risk. Does anybody want to buy this problem? Uh, by the solution, and then two execution risks. Can this team actually build what you're trying to what you're trying to trying to build? Um, and so, you know, we we mitigate that by starting with a big brand, you know, someone who can fund all the revenue of this thing through the Series B, um, you know, incentivizing them to stay on board. So, market risk, we you know check. We th we think we do a pretty good job of getting that up. And then execution risk. Well, we we tackle that in a couple ways. You know, one, we're always building with our own team. We don't we don't fund outside teams or outside businesses. Um, but two. We, we also we're also building this incredible shared tech stack, um, you know. So, for instance, like in in like dispensing for Nami and dispensing for Paestro, like we build the same dispenser for both and slot it in, and then and then like you know the software control system for soft for 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 Paestro and Bobachino and Nami is the same software control system, and the autonomous vehicles you know system for Graze, which is our commercial lawnmower, and Future Acres, which is our crop transport, is the same autonomous system, just you know eighty percent the same, twenty percent modified for the application. So. So we, we're building this kind of universal tech stack that saves a tremendous amount of time, money, and, and expense when it comes to developing the next product. I love it, man. This is awesome. Uh, sticking to, uh, let's talk about partnering with restaurants. We touched a little bit, Jimmy touched a little bit on this. Um, you guys started a new partnership with a, a, a great friend of, of, of Brandon's and ours, David Bloom, another guest on the podcast. Again, another guest probably will never be on the podcast incredible. again. But having said <laughs> that, he got him once and that's, that's no, all seriousness, uh, Wing Zone uh, and, and, and launching Wing Zone Labs. And uh, the idea is to continue to, uh, to innovate and use Wing Zone Labs to drive innovation for Wing Zone, the brand. And literally create the franchise of the future. Um, I mean, with this, you're now building an operation division to handle food service. Can you share a little bit more about this and what you're doing? Yeah. I and mean, can any brand jump into this? 
any brand could jump into this. They, they, they probably best do it with us, honestly. Um, you know, but, but, um, well, that's all, what I meant. I mean, any yeah. brand contact you and get this going. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, you know, I mean, first of all, like David Bloom is like one of the best operators in the industry. Like I, I, I wish I could, I could talk him into coming over to work with me, but I couldn't afford him probably. Um, <laughs> I could probably talk. You want me to, I could probably talk. <laughs> yes, please. I'm want. begging. Um, you know, <laughs> let me, let me make a few phone calls. I'll let me make a few phone calls. It's safe with me. All right. Good, good, good. <laughs> um, no, I mean like, you know, so, so, so we're actually running a franchise. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be running, running restaurant operations because like we know how hard that is. Um, but, but, and, and we really need to build that muscle. I mean, if we're, if we're, if we're out there talking to the major brands out there and we don't know a thing about running a restaurant, I think that's a problem. And so, so we really got to cut our teeth on, on, on building wing zone and other franchises, but we're not going to just going to grab any franchise. We want to grab franchises that are in the path of automation and wing zone is a customer of Miso robotics. And, you know, we know that we're going to take a tremendous amount of labor out of that franchise system. I mean, honestly, if anybody wants to wants to jump on a franchise, you should jump on a wing zone because like we are stripping the labor out of that thing. Um, it's going to be way more efficient. Is that breaking news, Jimmy? That could be breaking news. Shaq. Breaking that news. Could have been, that, that is breaking that news. Be. If you want to jump on a franchise, wing zone right now, franchise is going for half price today. Half <laughs> price just on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Call, Don't tell David Bloom that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call David Bloom and say, uh, and, and say buck, buck sent you. Buck sent you. <laughs> exactly. Mention buck. Code buck for 50% off. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. I apologize. Keep going. Keep going. No, it's great. I mean, I mean, like, so, so we believe that the future of restaurants is automated and, and we think that there's a path to get there. It starts with the cobotic world where, where Flippy might be in there working the fryer, but there's still humans working in around him. But we do think that in, in five, six years, the real future is a fully autonomous future. And so we're kind of working towards that. So I want to stay on the topic of franchise uh, franchises, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna quote you here yeah, for you're giving uh, fifty for a off too, Jimmy. I'm not giving fifty off. I'm, not, I'm David Bloom's a big man. I'm not I'm not pissing him off. Listen, I wouldn't mess with um, him. I, I wanna I wanna give I wanna share a quote. I believe it's your quote. And to our listeners, please don't shoot the messenger here. You can you can yell at Buck if you want to. But you've actually questioned if franchising is dead, and if so, Whoa. and if so. How do you kill it? Dun, dun, so dun. I think it's a, that, that's a, that's a, a leading into I think a really interesting discussion. Um, give us a little more about this thought and the process. Franchising is dead, Buck Jordan. Well, let me just walk you through the logic. All right. So in the sixties and seventies, every every QSR went ninety nine percent franchising as fast as they possibly could. Why did they do that? They did that because it costs anywhere from like half a million to three million dollars to build a restaurant. You know, depending on the brand and a bunch of other things, right? Um, and then, and then you got to manage dozens and dozens of people on and off a shift. And so, like, just offload that expense and that management headache to the franchisees. That's what the brands did. And so, you know, but but the future, if the future really is 100% fully automated, and, and if the future successful brands are going to be digitally native brands, meaning that their menus have been designed to be 100% automated, then do you really need franchising again? You know, so if all of a sudden you have, like, a, a NAMI machine, you know, which, which makes Morimoto Michelin-level Michelin quality, you know, grain bowls. Um, and it's like, it's like a, it's like a fifth the size, more like a big vending machine. It produces incredible food. You can also deliver out of it. Like, do you really need to have a franchisee do that? Especially when you're a big brand and you can finance the cost of that machine. You know, I'm not sure. I mean, cause like, cause like all of a sudden, you're, I, you're think, not, I, you know? I think no, no would be the answer. No, no. I think no, no, no is the answer. Okay, now, to, now, our, to, no, our no. Listeners, to our listeners, to our listeners, Michael Schatzberg says franchising. Whoa, whoa, Jimbo! <laughs> Holy cow, Jimbo! That's Buck said that. Buck said that. I oh, didn't sorry. say that. 
fucking chatty. I don't know why you hate franchising so much. <laughs> we're definitely getting it. We're definitely getting disinvited to international franchising show. That's for sure. <laughs> Not going to that show anymore. Okay, keep going. But here, here's a question, though. You know, so so you know, like this, this franchising system has been around for a long time, and it, and its tentacles are like all throughout these brands. And I don't know how how these brands defranchise. I don't even know if it's possible. You know, it seems like a really difficult thing. And so do these brands, are they, are they going to be stymied by, by new digitally native brands coming up and selling higher quality food for half the price? I don't know. Yeah, listen, uh, it's an interesting question. And I think uh, it's, it's a great discussion. And we'll continue that on the next time we have you on for sure. Uh, let's change gears a little bit. Let's just talk about the, I mean, we're talking about robotics and it takes time to, to, to make these. You had said that the, the Paestro is backlogged. You're completely sold out. So let's just talk about how long does it take on average to make these these robots, and and if I wanted to, if I have um, a whole bunch of restaurants and I want to get one of these flippies or chippies or something in my store, how long does it take to get it going? Can you give us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, like assuming you have the money together, um, you know, it, it's going to take nine to twelve months. Oh, we, to get Jimmy, like a, Jimmy's loaded. Jimmy, Jimmy, you guys got the money. Yeah, Jimmy's got his Amex Platinum car, right? Yeah, Jimmy's ready to go. <laughs> Write me a check. I'm fundraising. Come Let's on. pretend my Amex is in good standing. Yeah, right. I think, I think you lost it at Silver Rain last time I saw you. Anyway, um, so, um, this is the problem with robotics. It takes freaking forever and it costs so much money. Um, you know, so like you're, you're going to have a working prototype in nine to 12 months that you, that you might be able to have an attended working prototype in a store, but an engineer is standing right there, you know, and probably another year for a fully productized version of you know, that, that you can go, go to scale with. So it's like, it's like two years, you're talking like 10 to $20 million, depending on kind of like the complexity of the machine. It's, it's a whole journey, but then, but once you're there, you know, you're, you're, you've slashed your real estate costs in half. Probably you've, you've eliminated the bulk of your labor. You know, the, the, the juice is worth the squeeze, but you got to have scale on the back end, And that's why we partner with brands. There you go. I like it a lot. Okay, before we move on, you've covered pizza, bowls, boba, fried food, even apple picking. So what's next for food service, robotics, and AI? I mean, I'm just, I'm just. I googling. saw one more on the website too, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's look. That was food service. That was yeah, one of the first service. ones. I kind of, I kind of got off, got off track, you know. But look, it, it, it's agriculture, you know, like grass. Bring it back. Bring it yeah, back. Okay, yeah. Grass is two percent of the American American. I love it. You kidding me? All right, so so I mean, look, we're, we're like real what kind simple. Of grass you talking about, Buck? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, anyway, so re- real simple. Um, California um, guys got to watch out, Jimmy. I got a list of of, of the uh, the highest consumption food categories in the United States, and I'm automating them. You know, so what's left? We're definitely doing sushi. We're definitely doing sandwiches. Um, you know, we 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 have a, a coffee shop um, that's that's coming coming that's pretty much fully built right now. They're going to be hearing about it pretty soon. It makes um make you any kind of any kind of coffee drink, but plus like heat up sandwiches in a combi oven. You know, but sandwiches and sushi are the next ones that are kind of, uh, you know, in the pipe. I love it. I love it. I love it. Sushi in the pipe. And by the way, that's team branded. Big fan. Big fan of the sushi. Okay. Um, Buck, it turns out while we started this podcast, because uh, we, you know, we genuinely like talking to people. Um, and we've learned along the way that our guests also, you know, have questions for us. So let's uh, kick off our talking back where we offer our guests a chance to ask us questions. Nothing's off the table. Buck, the microphone is yours. Oh, geez. Well, I mean, how, how do you think the, uh, the, the franchising industry is going to deal with, um, with heavy automation? Ooh, ooh, chatty. Teed it up for you. 
I mean, my, my I mean, my first thoughts just you know watching uh, watching you guys over at Wavemaker and what I've been reading about with Miso and uh, and and some of the brands that you guys are in, it seems that uh, uh, some of these are franchise brands, some of them are are, are company owned brands, but it seems that um, you know, like I think you guys are doing a lot of work with um, with White Castle. Now that's all company owned, right? So that's like, you know, so there, that's a great deal. It's their old company owned, which is kind of incredible. So there, it doesn't really come into play. Uh, but I, I think uh, I've read you guys are working with some franchise operators. I don't know if you're working on the corporate level or with the franchise operator, but it seems to me, I mean, if I had a hundred stores and I could just reduce my labor uh, by, uh, you know, five, 10 points, 15 points, whatever it is, um, I'd be very happy continuing to run my hundred stores. I, I, the margins are, are, are far better in the QSR than they are in the full service space. And I could, and I could keep, uh, keep slugging along. But I think to your point, maybe as, as your, your products continue to grow and get better, maybe it's a whole new franchising model where it's, it's, it's not these, these brick and mortar stores. It's uh, like you said that, the, the Morimoto has, you know, it's just something you plop a, a robotics machine that makes bowls in an airport or something like that, small footprint, and you're just loading it up with food. I think it, I think it coexists. The other thing I was going to add, um, something we've been looking at in, in you know, from our perspective, uh, in this incredibly fragmented industry, um, the most uh, the, the, the most fragmented asset class I've ever I've ever seen. Um, and therefore, we think optionality plays a huge role. You commented earlier, Buck, about, you know, why the franchising model was originated. And I couldn't agree more. It was the most economically efficient model um, at that point in time, but things change. So do I think large companies that are like ocean tankers can turn on a dime? Of course they can't. But a lot of emerging brands that are now gearing up um, to to grow their store count, I believe what you're doing in the robotics and automation space are going to afford them far more optionality, whether or not they wish to have a brick and mortar and where they wish to have a traditional model or they wish now to have far more, um, I guess, the ability to open up a store count more efficiently, smaller footprints and leveraging automation. Um, and I think you're going to see, again, a, a lot of all of the above. But at the end of the day, you, you've, you're putting in a new um, a, a widget out there, which is the ability to operate these stores in a great deal of the machinery on a fraction of the headcount. So I think that's a very powerful change that we're going to keep seeing. P more power to the guests to take care of themselves, more power to the brands that can actually leverage robotics to keep their headcount uh, as low as possible. I've learned recently that some obscene amount of restaurants go out of business, like 70% in the first couple of years, because of the cost of labor, because of payroll. So what your solution is doing is gonna allow brands to manage more efficiently their payroll. And that's a powerful thing. Yeah. You betcha, man. If you could lower your uh, your, your payroll, that's that's a that's a big help. Uh, no question about it. I agree, Jimmy. As usual, uh, you just take my brilliant answer and just make it that much better. I talk good. It's, it's, I talk good. Yeah, no, you talk swell. Yeah, talk good. Uh, talk listen, good. Uh, let's just change gears a little bit here, okay? On uh, we always ask a poll every every week. We put out a poll on Tuesdays on LinkedIn. Uh, just fun, talk, fun little facts about restaurant, food service, etc. Uh, last last week we had our our friend John Davy from Buyer's Edge Platform chime in on. Uh, What's his favorite go-to ice cream shop? Van Leeuwen, Ben & Jerry's, Cold Stone Creamery, and Haagen-Dazs. John picked 
Ben and Jerry's, but we got over 10 billion uh, votes through <laughs> LinkedIn. I, the, the number was 10 billion, Jimmy. haagen was actually the winner. Uh, and Jimmy, I think you picked haagen I think. Yeah, I picked it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in touch with the ice cream community. Yeah, you were one. It was over 10 billion, over 10 billion people. It was actually the largest poll we've ever done. So, Buck, uh, with the July 4th holiday week coming up and, uh, the you know, our, our country's uh, birthday, uh, we're going to go with favorite American chain restaurant, okay? Applebee's, Longhorn Steakhouse, Chili's, or Ruby Tuesday. Buck, what do you think? I don't think, what you, is- can ask, I don't think you can ask Buck to choose his favorite American chain. He's, he's, he's got he's to play with oh. everybody. I mean, Buck, if you want to answer who's that gonna, question. Who? All right, how about this? Which, what do you think – we got we'll probably if we had 10 billion on the ice cream shop we may have more people on All this right. one maybe 20 billion who does buck what do you think america's going to choose who's america yeah. choosing what who's what are they choosing applebee's longhorn steakhouse chili's or ruby tuesday those are my choices um hmm that's hmm. i can only put four in the linkedin poll that's all they give us yeah yeah, yeah. well i was i was gonna choose some of my customers actually but applebee's longhorn all right chili's all right, Chili's. Jimbo, Chili's. who are you picking? You know, What's America going to pick? You know, I was going to go Chili's as well. We but go. A, I'd like, to have, I'd like to have a little action on this. So I'm going to back Applebee's, and particularly that great song and dance they brought out, the Applebee's and the Oreo Shake. It's date night, baby. Come on, America. You love the, you love the song. You love the commercials. I need Applebee's. I think Chili's going to win, but I'm going to take Applebee's. I got to be honest, Jimbo, I'm going Applebee's too. Let's stay tuned for next week. We'll find out what America votes. And I'm telling you, get out there and vote because we're looking for 20 billion votes this year, <laughs> this, this week. All right, Jimbo. All right. Take it away. Uh, by, by, by 20 billion, it might have been a little exaggeration. We're hoping for like maybe 50,000. Six. 50,000. 50, 6, 50, 6 people. 50,000. Okay, now that it's time. That includes you, Jimmy. It's time for 50,001. It's time for our crystal ball moment, a chance for our guests to put on their Kreskin or Miss Cleo hat and predict the future the future um buck how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to hospitality and technology kind of think i know which direction you're gonna go but buck hospitality tech two years from now what do you think yeah i mean my, george jetson dun, 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 dun. I mean, my, <laughs> yeah my, my 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 answer changes um on two years versus five years versus versus 10 years you know but 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 i think, I think in two years you're gonna see a proliferation of really re, a reinvention of the vending machine space and vending machines suck, right? I mean, I mean, like vending machines are like the the food of last resort. It's pre-made packaged, pre-made pre-packaged food for you, made in a factory, heated up in a microwave, just just for you, right? Nobody really wants it, um, you know. But but like that whole thing is 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 reinventing itself because the cost of robotics is dropping to the floor, and you're gonna have really high quality food like Pistro and others like Cafe X, um, you know, making incredibly high quality food out of a small form factor vending machine, fully automated. You can see a proliferation of these these small kiosks out there. But I think in like five, six years, that's when the real when when the big brands start getting threatened by a lot of digitally native incumbents, and they better watch out. You know, I, I like Buck's answer. I have to tell you, Shets, I don't think we've ever had somebody where the question. So many of our guests have been in the software space, or in the uh, the operator space, and two years is like a lifetime to battle. And when you're hearing, you're talking to Buck, and you're talking about how long it takes to, from idea generation to the minimal viable product, and and with an engineer, and then to industrialize it, his time frame, he's you no, know, he's thinking a little more medium to long term. So two years out, I, I think we're going to see the. I love, I love the idea of the reinvention of the uh, of the vending machine. Five years out, everyone get the f out of the way. Wave makers coming through, coming down the pike. All right, listen. Yeah, I got a 
tell you, Jimbo, I've been at the airport just recently, and I saw the. Uh, I think they're. It's out of Chicago. I think like the, the fridge. I forget what that's called. It's a. But it's. You can see the vending machines are changing, and this is like literally. Um, they're like salads and stuff yes. in like containers that people. It's like fresh food yep. is definitely coming. To your point, uh, I, I I agree. So that sounds to me like the first iteration is 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 you're seeing it already uh, being launched. I, I see it at airports and stuff like that. Uh, Buck, listen. Great answer. Uh, Let's go. Comment. Uh, oh yeah, sure. Go edit. Go. I love comments. Comment. Go. Yeah. So 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 my my um my my call sign in, in the army uh, as a pilot was was hot pocket. It was because I was doing my I was doing my MBA at night as I was doing blackhawk training, and uh, the only food available in, in in the in the area was was a vending machine with hot pockets. That, that's how I got my name. <laughs> I gotta anyway. tell you, a I mean, it couldn't be a better name. Jimmy still goes with Maverick. Jimmy's been Maverick. Yeah, but but there was a time in my life my call sign name was uh, uh two pizza pizza cheese fries and a tab. <laughs> Super size it. That was Jimmy Sanger. Super size it. Come on. Yeah, Jimmy is super size it. All right. Let's go to the, the hot pockets and super size. Let's go to the uh, branded quick fire buck. I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. Don't think too long. Give me the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Sure. Let's go. When you were in kindergarten, what did you want to be when you grew up? Politician. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? Uh, hot pocket. Yeah, hot, hot pocket. Every day, every night. Is that, G- is that Gino's hot pocket? <laughs> favorite food city in the world? God, favorite food city? Barcelona, for sure. Nice. Where's your favorite place to travel? I like to hit a beach. I, I, I end up at, uh, at, at Hawaii quite a bit. Oh, it's not a bad place to be. All right, if you were to challenge Jimmy Rye to a game of foosball, yeah. we have better odds of beating. I think, hmm, I don't know. I, I, I think maybe Jimmy, because like Michael, you, you're you're like blowing up. You got so much energy. I feel I feel like you might like move it quick. I don't know. Oh, hey, look <laughs> at this guy. Is that true? Uh, Who's the player? I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know, but just that you picked you. You said you'd beat Jimmy. That's huge. That's huge. It's. it's uh, I got to tell you, Shad, that's a good win for you today. We had one of the smartest. Uh, most disruptive guest in terms of what he's doing in the industry chose you. Shat, this is a good day for you. Good day. I got to tell you, I'm going to scratch off lottery right downstairs right now. I'm scratching off some lotteries. Give me a 20 spot, Jimmy. And I respect Buck's opinion. He's wrong, of course, but I respect his opinion. Uh, wrong. Yeah, you, give, wrong. you give Jimmy a couple McCallans. You put Jimmy Foosball a couple McCallans. Let me tell you something. Those wrists are flying. Yes, wrists are flying. Listen, Buck, in all seriousness, we want to thank you for joining us today on the podcast uh, and for sharing your great insights. Uh, we love what you're doing at Wavemaker. Uh, we so love how you're looking at tech and innovation and really making things happen as we say in this industry that we love so much and 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 again how you're bringing value and margin optimization to the industry is just tremendous to our listeners if you want to get in touch with buck directly uh you can email the uh the podcast team at uh, podcast at brandedstrategic.com and we'd be happy to make the introduction for you uh to our listeners we want to thank you so much for tuning in with us uh oh wait i see buck you have a question sir let me throw a quick plug in well, I was, well, Buck actually told me that he wanted to, okay, go a- answer, ask your question because then I want to tell the listeners about your gracious gift that you'd be uh, giving everybody today. Oh, okay, sounds good. The, the half-off uh, Wing Zone franchises, right? Yeah, tell David Bloom uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where I am. <laughs> that was David Bloom's gift. Uh, you, haven't heard, you haven't heard your gift yet. <laughs> yeah, so, sounds good. I mean, you know, so like, like um, at, before we close, I mean, I mean one, thing, one thing we're looking to do next at Waybaker is we're really looking to kind of bring the industry in uh, to our cap table as investors. 
because because we we want to be able to have um, the people who are disrupting actually have a hand in the disruption that we're doing. You know, we, we want big franchise groups to come in and, and be part of us and help us help us really write the future of of franchising in this automated world. And so 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 we're looking to kind of um, put a group like that together um, and you know really partner with us. Uh, that's awesome, by the way. I, lo- I love it. That sounds amazing. And I just wanted to uh, to share with our listeners that you have so graciously, because everybody loves a robot, and the idea, Jimmy, of having a robot in your house making pizzas is so incredibly cool that Buck has graciously, remember when he said the Paistra was sold out? What he meant to say, that the first 100 callers <laughs> will get a Paistro to their home where they can have their own pizza making in their home, courtesy of Wavemaker Labs. I got to tell you, Buck, first 50 off uh, Wing Zone franchise is now this. The most gracious guest, Jimmy, Buck. You yeah, I have to say, so Shatsy has never made up more uh, generous offers for a guest ever. It's clear, Buck, Shatsy has a fondness for what you're doing, your company, <laughs> for the industry, because he's never been so generous with someone else's uh, – uh, money and time and effort. Okay. But as I was saying to our listeners, I think it wants appreciate- me to go out of business. <laughs> we Absolutely not. We appreciate you tuning in with us. Uh, we know there are so many other podcasts out there, but our subscriber base continues to grow and we love it. Uh, please join us next week as we welcome our guest, Stratus Morfinson, uh, the founder and CEO of the Brooklyn Dumpling Shop. Um, he also is on the forefront of tech and robotics. I mean, talk um, about innovation, Jimbo, yeah. right? No, this is a this is a great duel. By the way, we should connect Stratus and Buck. And by the way, they could do a lot of things together. No I, question. I totally agree. All right, we'll that. Work that, that would be a great that, connection. That's for another time. Oh, and and finally, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. So you don't miss out on any of our exciting guests coming up. Uh, this is Jimmy Frischling again with great appreciation to Buck. Uh, but Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy, signing off and passing it to Mr. Schatzberg, aka yep. Share. Yep. Thank, <laughs> thank you for the kind words, uh, Jimmy. It's uh, Shatsy, aka Restaurant Guy. Uh, Buck, thank you. Uh, thank you to all the listeners and uh, cheers, everybody. See you guys. Cheers, guys. Thank you.